Welcome to the One for the Money podcast. I'm your host, Johnny West. I'm a certified financial planner, and here I will teach you the tips, tricks, and strategies I use to help others retire early. This is the easy button when it comes to early retirement. Everything you want or need to know is right here. I'm so glad you join us on the show. I've heard it said that pessimists sound smart, but optimists make money. Welcome to episode 32 of the One for the Money podcast. I am very grateful you have taken the time to listen. In episode 17, released this past July, I shared the case for why we should be optimistic about the future. Today, at the beginning of a year where many believe we will see a recession, I make an additional case for why we should remain so. In the tips, tricks, and strategies portion, I will share a tip on how to ensure you can earn the most interest on your savings and how most Americans are not. Thank you for listening. Now on with the show. If you read or watch the news, you would be forgiven for thinking that much is not right in the world. There is a tragic war in Ukraine. We are either in a recession or on the brink of one. Much of what we may believe is influenced by what is called recency bias, and 2022 sadly provided quite a bit of negative material. Investment returns were historically bad in 2022. For stocks, it was the seventh worst loss since the 1920s. But what was especially shocking was that the bond market suffered too. Bonds historically have been a safe haven. They zig while stocks zag and stay flat when stocks zig. The Bloomberg Aggregate Bond Market Index has been tracking bonds since 1976. It's essentially a broad-based measure of the performance of the entire bond market. It only had four previous down years, and all were down less than 3%. So out of 46 years, there were only four down years, and they were all down less than 3%. But in 2022, it was down 13%. With both stocks and bonds down big, This ended up being the third worst year ever for a stock bond portfolio. Now, with 2022's stock and bond performance, coupled with the forecasts for the year ahead, it can lead us to be less optimistic about the future. But with this narrow area of focus of 2022 and 2023, we can easily forget the unmistakable and absolutely remarkable progress humanity has made and will continue to make in the years and decades to come. In my original episode where I made the case for optimism, see episode 17, I shared the progress humanity has made since my ancestors' time to mine. I mentioned during that podcast about my grandpa, who turns 100 this year, and my grandma, who turns 97. The progress they have seen in their lifetime is absolutely staggering, and that pace of progress is only increasing. From the radio, to the telephone, to television, to 5G internet, and now virtual reality headsets. From automobiles, to planes, to now commercial space travel. As the economist David Bonson noted recently regarding the progress we've made in just travel, Christopher Columbus' voyage from Spain to the West 
Indies cost a million dollars in today's dollars and took 70 days with many deaths along the way. The Mayflower took 66 days to get from England to the New World, also with fatality and danger along the way. The first steamship made its way across the Atlantic in 207 hours. But right before COVID, at the peak of travel, there were 1,300 flights per day going between North America and Europe. And most of this involved air conditioning, restrooms, TVs, and entertainment. We travel the world now in 1% of the time for 1% of the cost with a thousand times more comfort and safety. Self-driving cars are essentially here and we should see supersonic travel by the end of this decade. American Airlines placed an order with the jet manufacturer Boom Supersonic for 20 of their Overture aircraft. On these planes, travel from New York City to London will be four hours instead of the usual eight. And from LA to Sydney, it will be six hours instead of the usual 15. Overture is also being designed to fly to more than 600 routes around the world in as little as half the time. And the pace of change is only accelerating. While all of this progress is really great, one of the things I'm most excited for is the robot that can fold laundry. While that is what is coming in the near term, here are additional details on how far we have come. Global poverty rates have been reduced by 50% in just the past 20 years. A hundred years ago, three quarters of the world's population lived in extreme poverty just a hundred years ago. And today it's less than 10%. That's the power of free economies and markets. In 1980, just 24% of people had modern sanitation, but now about 70% of the world does. Maybe most surprising of all is how many are surprised by this data. In 2016, a group of Dutch researchers asked over 26,000 people in 24 different countries a simple question. Over the past 20 years, has the portion of the world population that lives in extreme poverty either increased by 50% or 25% or did it not change at all or has it decreased by either 25% or 50%? Only 1%, or about 260 out of the 26,000, got the answer right, which was that it had decreased by 50%. In the year 2000, the United Nations Millennium Development had a goal of having global poverty by 2015, but that goal was met five years early in 2010. Murders are down roughly 17% over the last 25 years or so. Also, the number of deaths due to wars and genocide are down dramatically as well. And today, child mortality is the lowest it has ever been. In less than three decades, the figure has more than halved. Human life expectancy has doubled over the past century from 36 years in 1920 to more than 72 years today. And new technology such as CRISPR editing and mRNA therapy could be a game changer for reducing and possibly curing cancer and other conditions. Now, others might be thinking, that's all great, but what about the environment? Well, the deadliest environmental problem, air pollution, was four times more likely to kill you in 1920 than today. Indeed, in the 1920s, half a million people were killed by weather disasters, whereas in the last decade, 
the death toll averaged 18,000. 2022, like 2020 and 2021, were well below that. Now, the weather-fixated television news would make us all think that disasters are getting worse, but they're not. Around 1900, 4.5% of the land area of the world would burn every year. Over the last century, this declined to 3.2%. In the previous two decades, satellites have shown further decline and in 2021, just 2.5% burned. This has happened mostly because richer societies prevent fires. Models show that due to human adaptation, this will mean there'll be even less burning by the end of this century. But it's not only weather disasters that are getting less damaging despite dire predictions. A decade ago, environmentalists loudly declared that Australia's magnificent Great Barrier Reef was nearly dead, killed by bleaching caused by warming ocean temperatures. The UK Guardian newspaper even published an obituary. But this year, scientists revealed that two-thirds of the Great Barrier Reef shows the highest coral cover since records began in 1985. And sadly, that good news got only a fraction of attention. Now, polar bears' struggles to find food were often used to highlight the dangers of a warming ocean. But the reality is that polar bear numbers have been increasing from somewhere between 5 and 10,000 in the 1960s to over 26,000 today. But we don't hear this news. Between 1982 and today, we have returned 865,000 square miles of land to nature. That's more than Alaska and Montana combined. And solar power has fallen in cost by 95% just since 2008. The U.S. economy produces four times as much goods and services as it did in 1990. Care to guess how much more carbon dioxide emissions we are producing to get that increased production? There's actually been an 8% decrease since 1990. So we're producing four times as much goods and services and producing 8% less carbon dioxide emissions while doing so. The carbon emissions per output, weighting the carbon emitted relative to the actual economic growth, has dropped by 66% over the last 50 years in the United States. And globally, it has dropped by 41%. Now, some concern themselves with the sustainability of our global population. But for hundreds of years, philosophers and economists had worried that overpopulation would deplete the world's resources and lead to mass starvation. But that hasn't happened. Thanks to scientific breakthroughs, such as the Green Revolution, the number of famine victims in the 2010s was lower than in any decade on record. In the 1870s, 142 people per 100,000 died of famine globally. Today's rate of famine deaths is about 99% lower than it was in the late 1800s, despite the world's population being roughly five times larger with so many fewer people actually farming. Finally, a few additional interesting data on human progress. To send something to space in the 1960s, it cost $177,000 per kilogram. Today, that cost is just $50 per kilogram. I looked it up and it costs $24 per kilogram just to send something via USPS via priority. A megabyte of data storage in 1956 cost $85,000 in today's dollars. 
but a megabyte of data storage today costs less than two-tenths of a cent. Again, the biggest shocker of all of this is that the world has made spectacular progress in every single measure of human well-being, but almost no one knows about it. Perhaps President Obama summed it up best at the end of his presidency. If you had to choose a moment in history to be born and you did not know ahead of time who you would be, you didn't know whether you were going to be born into a wealthy family or a poor family, what country you'd be born in, whether you were going to be a man or a woman, if you had to choose blindly what moment you'd want to be born, you'd choose now. Many would choose to live at this time, at the start of 2023. Yes, challenges remain, particularly for the economy and by extension, the stock market. But the global stock market is now at much lower valuations and expected returns are now higher. While no one has the ability to predict which way the market will go in 2023, the long-term trend has always been higher. The other good news is every time we've had bad times in the past, they have turned out to be wonderful opportunities for long-term investors. So what should we do about this? Well, hope isn't a viable plan. Instead, there are strategies one should consider. President George W. Bush once said in an inaugural address that history doesn't run on the wheels of inevitability and neither do the outcome of our financial plans. It's during these challenging times where some of the most significant impacts will happen regarding your financial goals. Those that have a plan and execute it with the occasional adjustment will be rewarded in the years and decades to come. Again, pessimists sound smart, but optimists make money. Finally, years ago, don't worry, be happy was a popular philosophy, but far too many adhere to the philosophy, don't happy, be worry. It really pays to be optimistic. And Mark Twain said so well, as he often does, I am an old man and have known a great many troubles, but most of them never happened. Well, that's the end of this portion of the podcast. I do hope you found this helpful, and I hope you found more reasons to be optimistic about the year and years ahead. Now onto the tips, tricks, and strategies portion of the podcast. Welcome to today's tips, tricks, and strategies portion of the podcast, where I will share a tip on how to earn more interest on your savings. But oddly, many Americans curiously are not doing so. This information is courtesy of a recent article in the Wall Street Journal entitled, The $42 Billion Question, Why Aren't Americans Ditching Big Banks? Well, big banks still pay next to nothing on savings, but their customers aren't yet moving much of that money to higher-yielding alternatives. As a result, Americans are missing out on billions of dollars in interest by keeping their savings at the biggest U.S. banks. The Federal Reserve has raised interest rates to their highest level since early 2008, yet the biggest commercial banks are still paying peanuts to savers. In theory, savers could have earned $42 billion more in interest in the third quarter of 2022 had they moved their money out of the five largest U.S. banks by deposits to the five highest yielding savings accounts, none of which are offered by the big banks. Those five big banks, Bank of America, Citigroup, J.P. Morgan, U.S. Bank, and Wells Fargo paid an average of 0.4% interest 
on consumer deposits in saving and money market accounts during this most recent quarter. The five highest yielding savings accounts paid an average of 2.14% during the same period, according to data from Bankrate.com. The five banks collectively hold about half of all the money kept at U.S. commercial banks in savings and money market accounts tracked by the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, or FDIC. And so since the start of 2019, Americans have lost out on at least $291 billion in interest by keeping their savings in the five biggest banks. That total balloons to $603 billion when going back to 2014, when the FDIC started tracking consumer deposits in money market and other savings accounts. Why haven't savers moved more of their money? Well, some customers aren't aware of how much money they could be making by switching. And that's been the case for a number of clients to whom I've made this recommendation. Others think the switch is hard. It's actually not. It can be done in less than 30 minutes. And others, oddly, just don't want to be bothered. But you really can't blame the banks. If you can retain customers without having to pay for them, well, that's to their advantage. Well, I recommend you look at what you're earning at your current bank and see what the online banks are offering and consider transferring some to an online account. Again, I hope you found this helpful. And remember, a better life is a result of better planning. Have a great one. Thank you for listening. And until next time, remember that no one builds wealth by accident. If you want to learn more about how to build wealth to retire early, head on over to my website at betterplanningbetterlife.com. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. There is no assurance that the techniques and strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. The purchase of certain securities may be required to affect some of the strategies. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Economic forecasts set forth may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee that strategies promoted will be successful. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Individual tax and legal matters should be discussed with your tax or legal professional. Johnny West is a registered representative with and securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC.